Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. We are bouncing back into another edition of Talking Hoops. It is Ned Fitzy and the man with the master plan, Traith Lef Leffler. Lads, what is up, John? We will start with you, my man. What's news in the world of John Fitzgerald? heaps dude i don't even know where to start there's a lot happening around gray wolf at the moment of course we've got uh, when we're recording this there's an nfl game on later on tonight it's in london so i'm going to be checking that out later on which is massive the fantasy football fanatics are all about that but really keen to talk some nba which is only a few sleeps away now from the season kicking off and really keen to get left's thoughts on a few things here and hopefully we keep it civil this time around yeah it's nice to see that you guys are sort of getting on a little bit better now but here's the man well left we said that you share a similar tasting clothing and outfits get-ups, that kind of thing with Russell Westbrook. Will we see you breaking out a dress for an upcoming episode of Talking Hoops? Look, mate, if enough people comment in the comment section, Trey should wear a dress, then I will wear a dress, okay? How about it? Book it, lock it in, lock it in, all right? To put a little bit of context into that, we did post a picture of Russell Westbrook sporting his sort of dress kilt thing. Suggested Traith might want to do that, and people were jumping on board, which I thought was cool. And Left jumps in there, Johnny's like, oh, I do not share the same. Dangerous, I was man. Left. Oh, it gave me a good laugh, good laugh. I don't know where that started from, but anyway, that's all right. It just come from me, man, just being silly. But anyway, this isn't silly. We are about to talk hoops. We're going to get into our favorite conference, the Eastern Conference, of course. Left rumor has it you may be a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Maybe, could be, might yeah. be. And John, of course, is on the Atlanta Hawks. Me, a big-time Detroit Pistons fan. So you guys are looking like you're both going to have a pretty good season. And mine, well, a couple off yet. But do you want to get things underway? Definitely. All right, well, let's jump into the Eastern Conference, and we're going to kick things off with the power rankings here, Trey, that you sent through a little bit earlier, and projected to go at number one is the Brooklyn Nets. Do you want to jump into them? What were their big sort of moves off-season? They had a pretty good one last year, you could say. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, Just starting with the Brooklyn Nets, I'll just talk about sort of how last season went. So last season, Brooklyn, they were a, they were a two-seed. They ended up going out in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals to the eventual champions, Milwaukee Bucks. Yep. As we know, if Kevin Durant had slightly smaller shoes, then that shot might have been a game winner and the Brooklyn Nets might have been going to the NBA Finals. So that was just crazy time, crazy thing in general. That was a heart stopper right there. I'm, I watched that one live and I was up and off the couch. I'm like, you are the man, KD. Look out. And then they couldn't get it done in overtime. Just needed those slightly smaller tepper size feet. Yes, sir. It was crazy, wasn't it? I remember watching that thinking, oh my goodness, this is giving me flashbacks of the Kawhi Leonard shot over Joel Embiid to send us home literally only like a year ago. But yes. But no, they had a very eventful um, off season. So... Oh, man, their off-season was signed by a bunch of Hall of Famers almost and, and old All-Stars. If you go back five years ago, this team literally would have been the starting team for the All-Stars. But anyway, they ended up signing Paul Millsap, LaMarcus Aldridge, and our man Paddy Mills going back to the team. Yeah, crazy this off-season. 
Huge. And we've already spoken about the uh, the super team element that the Brooklyn Nets has pretty much centered around the last few seasons. You look at some of the signs. We've got Blake Griffin there already. There's a few question marks I feel that's going to really set this team up, Trath. And we've got to get your thoughts on, obviously, we've got the Kyrie Irving situation at the moment with not wanting to be vaxxed, which is, you know, I'm surprised there hasn't been a few more players stand up for that sort of, uh, I guess, train of thought. But really, you'd have to agree that right now it's championship or bust for the Brooklyn Nets, given those names they've signed, plus the Durants and the Hardens that they've already got. Fitzy, you are 100% right, mate. For Brooklyn, it is championship or bust. Everyone knows it. They know it. I mean, you look at all the veterans flocking to them at the moment. They know it. They want their free ring. So they're saying, let's join Kevin Durant and let's just go get our free ride to the championship. I've got to say, though, like, yeah, Nettie, you'll agree with this. A guy like Paul Millsap, I mean, he's done the hard yards at, like, Utah. He's been at Atlanta. Like, he's been around the place, Denver. It would be kind of nice to see him get a ring. But, um, but yeah, that's what it all, it's all about for the Brooklyn Nets. They're putting it all into this. Interesting to see where it leaves them in a couple of years, though, once these guys have all moved on. But, um, but Trace, what, what is your thoughts on the Kyrie Irving situation? Kyrie's a funny man. It's it's sort of hard to gauge with Kyrie because Kyrie's got so many strange out there thoughts, as I'm sure you guys know. I mean, I think Kyrie released... Yeah, he he literally said a statement where he he thought at one point dinosaurs were humans' pets and humans were giant people walking around on the earth. So look to each their own, I guess. That is strange sort of theories though, man. Like that's pretty spot on, I would have thought. Uh, yeah who knows man who knows (laughs) but look what i what i've been reading is basically kyrie irving is going to potentially miss half the season so he's going to play 41 games on 41 games off if they go back to the 82 game season and i i sort of don't know how to gauge it i mean the brooklyn nets are such a good team as is with james harden and kevin durant and all those you know the rest of the cast i think they could probably be right without him but I think in the long run, people are going to start getting annoyed at him. You know, you can see Kevin Durant's been vouching for him. But yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, here's what I think right here. If it does happen, this is the best thing ever for our boy, Australian bronze medalist, Paddy Mills, to jump in. This is him, his time to stand up. We've all seen what he can do in the Olympic Games. Man, move over, Kyrie. It's Paddy Mills' time. And there's a lot of talk getting around, too, about him being a possible six-man of the year sort of contender, too, there, if Paddy can get enough minutes and sort of do big things there in Brooklyn. So I'm excited for that left what what about you john what are you thinking there yeah you took the words basically straight out of my mouth if irving's only going to play the home games or whatever he's going to do then that opens up the door for patty mills and maybe that opens up the door for him to take that starting position away from him so it'll be very much a, a watch this space because the problem with irving is he's in the same boat no matter which team he goes to so either he just you know rolls his sleeve up and gets it done or it could be just a very weird season for kyrie irving and i just can't see management they're building a championship roster that you can have one guy on the outside like i just can't see them they've got this championship attitude that they have to buy into given the team that they've got and the roster moves that they've made I can't see management being too happy with Irving going into the season with this sort of frame of mind but I mean who knows with the guy so we'll just have to wait and see great point Dennis Rodman comes to mind man the Bulls got it done with Rodman can the uh, Nets get it done with the crazy Kyrie Irving out there battling dinosaurs on his flat earth maybe who knows who knows I was going to say, one name you gentlemen need to watch out for. You might not know. A recent rookie signing by the Brooklyn Nets, Cam Thomas. Did you guys watch that game winner? He scored. He got literally, I think it was yesterday. It was over the Bucks. 
That guy has not, some confidence. Cam Thomas sounds like a guy that would hang out with John Fitzgerald in his IT department there. John, <laughs> Cam, and Ned shooting the breeze. So, no, I missed that one. He's, he's a rookie to look out for as he left. Yeah, that man's crazy. He has so much confidence. I, he didn't play the whole game. Comes in the fourth quarter, last two minutes. Step back three-pointer for the win. Oh, that was crazy. Brilliant shot. Crazy confidence, too. Boom, I love it. But how much time is he going to see once the regular season rolls in there, Leffler? Oh, who knows, man. He'll probably be like the 13th man on the roster. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think, though, guys? Do you think, where, where can you see the Brooklyn Nets finishing? Realistically, you would think that they are, the power rankings here, I've gone through them. I think they look pretty spot on. I'd say they are definitely the team to beat in the East if they remain healthy, which is the same deal in the West with the Lakers, I guess. But it's very much the Los Angeles Brooklyn show, isn't it? Yep, I'd have to agree with that, Nettie. It's it, it's like I said before, it's championship or bust for the Brooklyn Nets. They've structured this team that way. And 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 if they stay healthy, I can't really see too many teams in the East stopping them. We've got quite a few to work through here, but they're just going to be a hard matchup. They're going to stretch the floor. They play defense. They do everything well, the Brooklyn Nets. There's four guys who could lead the league in scoring in that team. They're going to be too mm. hard to stop. Play to look I out definitely there, agree. Though, Patty Mills, man. I'm, I just, I'm, my fingers are crossed that Patty has a big one and he sort of takes that next step because if he can do what he did at the Olympics in the NBA, that's a different breed of Patty as we know. And it'd be just great to see him sort of step up there and be like legitimate in Brooklyn. Oh, I was going to say, only thing I'd say with Brooklyn is I think they won't be a regular season team. I could see them maybe finishing a say even like the third seed because they're just going to coast. And then, the, then in the playoffs, they're just going to turn it up. Yeah, that's an interesting call right there. Put the, the So they're not going to do a golden state of a few years back and go for the, you know, 70-plus wins. They're going to they're gonna coast through and get it done in the finals, you're saying? Definitely. Yeah, I like that left. Well, let's move on to last year's or this year's champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. This was a big one. As you said, Giannis and the boys got it done. Where can you see them finishing 21-22? Will they be the second team of the East? Or will they sort of drop off? Will they have that championship hangover, so to speak? Milwaukee's a funny one. I mean, look, personally, I actually believe Milwaukee's my favorite to to, to, to come out of the East again. I actually have Milwaukee, yeah, over Brooklyn, personally. I believe Brooklyn's going to have too many mouths to feed. I think that Milwaukee's got it done. They know what they can do. I mean, we've seen what Giannis can do. Giannis has certified himself as either the best player or the second best player in the entire league who's very capable of carrying a team on his back. Um, they've basically kept the core group together over the offseason. They haven't really... One major loss they did have, unfortunately, which I think is going to hurt them, is they did lose PJ Tucker, who is a fairly big part. But aside from him, they did keep the core of the team together still. Where did PJ Tucker go to? I must have missed that in my old age. Yeah, PJ went to Miami. Oh, there you Miami. go. No, I, I did not see that. So I'm just looking through their team now. Yeah, they got your boy in there, Johnny Lopez. Did you read the thing about the Lopez brothers? The other one kept getting congratulated for winning the championship. And by the end of it, he just started saying, yeah, no worries sort of thing. Just rolled with it. <laughs> As you would too. And I should have put my... Brooke Lopez, New Jersey Nets jersey up there. I got a few of the old school ones this week, but you yeah, yep. hit the nail on the on the um, hit the, the nail on the head there, Trey. Sorry with the um, with the sort of summary of the Bucks because the team the core more or less stayed the same. That starting five is going to be the same. You got Chris Middleton there. You know Drew Holiday's an outstanding point guard. I feel he's very underrated oh, yeah. in the league. You know, and the old saying gets thrown around. You know, it's a team of champions versus a championship team, and I really feel like the Milwaukee Bucks are that. They've got a solid starting lineup, great.
great coach, great playbook. Giannis has worked on what he needs to to become a superstar player. We've already seen that. Look, I, I could see them going around again. I mean, I know last episode or maybe the one before we did speak about, you know, the the the, the championship when all the other teams have sort of had injuries and whatnot that sort of factors into that. But I think the Milwaukee Bucks could really make a statement as one of the greatest teams of the sort of modern era if they can go back to back or at least get through to the finals. Wow. Big call right there, Johnny. I, mm. I like it, man. I like it. I, I do think the Nets are the team to beat in the East, unfortunately. But I would, I'd like to see the Bucks get it done again too. Giannis is one of those, one of those loyalty guys sort of thing, like we were talking about, which is not a big thing anymore in the NBA. He stuck with the Bucks. He got it done the right way, left. So yeah, it'll be mm. interesting to see what happens. I, I, I don't know, man. I see they picked up Grayson Allen too. He was at Memphis last year, and I, I really like him. He's a, he's a red hot shooter and I don't know man I, we'll have to wait and see like as per all of the teams here but you're saying they're going to get it is that your bold prediction Johnny that they're going back to back what I'm trying to say is if they do go back to back you have to put them up there with some of the best teams that have gone through the last few years like look at the Warriors did it but then they added Kevin Durant like it's been, it's yeah. a super team era that we live in right now and you're going to have a team out there that does it the opposite way I think if they can get it done you have to put them down with one of the best teams of the last decade or so just given the fact that they've been able to do it the way they have not just sign all these super stars go to the draft work on your, your strengths and your weaknesses and, and kind of win it the old school way with a small market team so hats off to them if they can do it again i wouldn't expect them to but if they do look they're going to be right up there to remember in 20 years time when they got that done oh, yeah look i agree I, like I think you have to throw them up there with the spurs sort of teams like you know you had your one main superstar and your Giannis or your tim duncan and then you sort of got your backing stars like chris middleton and drew holiday they're certainly not you know top 10 20 players but they're sort of right around that you know level of of tony and and whatnot yeah it's interesting and one one thing to remember and i think people are forgetting this dante divincenzo he was injured during their playoff run i think from the second round onwards and when dante was playing the bucks were a much much better team ability to switch ability to shoot he's an excellent shooter excellent defender that'll make a big difference having him back well, there you have it. And, and like switching gears here, man, moving on to projected number three. This one sort of grinded yours a, a bit here, Trace, and I love it too because this is a potential sort of playoffs matchup, I guess. Well, what do we got here? Atlanta and the Philly 76ers. Atlanta, they're saying one up on your boys there, Trace. Yeah, mate. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping they're wrong, but I do think... I think Atlanta's got it this year after their experience from that deep playoff run. And uh, unfortunately, it hurt, but eliminating us in the playoffs, I really think this is their year. Trey Young's just, man, he's come onto the scene, hasn't he? Johnny, mate, it must be awesome to see how cool Trey Young's gotten. Yeah, yeah, especially given his age that he can lead a team the way that he has. But there's so much more to the Atlanta offense, I feel, and the whole team as a uh, just as, as an entire unit, really. And you got to remember, DeAndre Hunter was injured for a fair bit of last season. John Collins, for me, is the one to take the next step. He could be a legit all-star this season. I feel like he's one to take the, the step. But you throw Bogdanovich and Clint Capella in, that's a very solid starting lineup and kind of a bit unique in a way because they've got two sort of more traditional big guys uh, and a couple of guys who can shoot. And obviously, Trey Young's a superstar. It's it's a fantastic team. The depth is, is quite good too. But the team just needs to stay healthy. I feel like that's the key for Atlanta. Like we saw Trey Young by the end of that playoff series, he was just out of gas tickets more or less. So the depth plays into it and the fitness plays into it, into it for the Atlanta Hawks. But a big one, like I said, John Collins to be an all-star this year. I think that guy's got all the parts of what it takes to sort of play that second fiddle to Trey Young. Do you have the jersey on the way, Johnny? Uh, honestly, I ordered one and it was too small. So I sold it on eBay and I'm waiting for another one to come. So yeah, I'm a John Collins uh, sort of guy. Like I love the guys well with the interesting names and John Collins, 
doesn't strike you as an NBA superstar, Neddy. You should be hanging out with me in IT. Yeah, yeah, like that guy that Traith mentioned before that has already was Cam someone. Yeah, Traith, Cam, Cam and John and, and John. Yeah, there you have it. Anything more to add in the Atlanta Hawks thing there? I, I do think they will finish quite highly. They were such an exciting team to watch last year. And isn't it just great to see teams like Atlanta back up there? Brooklyn, uh, not Brooklyn, sorry, Milwaukee, you know, winning that chip. But I like the rise of the Hawks, man. The next four or five years is, is their time to shine, I think. Definitely. I, w- I would agree with all the points you both made. They are so deep, aren't they? They just literally imagine having Danilo Gallinari and Lou Williams coming off your bench. I mean, that's just crazy. Like yep. they're so deep. They're so young. I mean, Cam Reddish, if he gets better, DeAndre Hunter, obviously he had that emergence last year. They have so much potential. They're pro- I would argue they're probably the brightest young core in the whole NBA in terms of all the players they have still developing. They almost have the problem of having too many mouths to feed. Like, because there's so many good guys there, so many of those young guys trying to, you know, earn their way, learn their way into the league, get that next contract. I actually wonder if it's going to become the opposite issue. And this is obviously a great issue to have. Every NBA team wants it. But yeah, they sort of have issues of egos clashing, maybe. I don't know. We'll see, though. Yeah, I could see that because you get a couple of good seasons. A guy like a John Collins or a Hunter could come out of nowhere and average 20 points or whatever, and then they get a max contract somewhere else. Like It could really be the case of, is like, are they going to keep this sort of young core together for the next two or three seasons? Honestly, this year might not be their year, but two or three seasons' time, it really could be if they can keep that core together because the depth's there. Like, you know, Lou Williams, I actually completely forgot about him. You know, he's a past six-man of the year, understands his role in that team. Like, it's a, it's a heck of a side, but it's going to be a case of, do they look at this as you know this year's going to be take another step and another step and then eventually they get there so look look out for them as you said trade the next couple of seasons are going to be really exciting in atlanta and hence well i've sort of jumped on the bandwagon i love it johnny and they're doing it the right way as well though man recruiting well i like to see that let's switch gears man it's time to talk about leftless boys the 76ers who are well their power ranking has dropped man down to four he's got the jumper out he's got the jersey in the background he's probably ben simmons only remaining fan on the planet that of course is flat according to Kyrie irving what the 76ers man what are they gonna do i suppose have you got anything more on ben we were saying a little bit off air here that you know that he's even rumored he's getting so desperate now he could be going to the pistons is what i was reading what is happening with simmons your 76ers and how will they go this year Man, all I can say is what a disappointing turnaround. I mean, I we've struggled through the... It's been so frustrating. We've suffered through the process for so long, gotten so many draft picks. I mean, we literally passed up on Jason Tatum for Markel Fultz, and now he's playing for Orlando. I mean, Ben Simmons, our number one pick's about to get traded. It's literally just Joel Embiid surviving. <laughs> and I mean, even he's even he's injured half the time. I mean, it look, it's a, it really is a tough life to be a Sixers fan at the moment. I mean, I don't think they had too bad of an offseason. They re-signed Danny Green. Seth Curry's still there. They signed Andre Drummond as a sixth man. I mean, that's... That's a great six man to have off your bench or your or your backup center. I mean, especially if Embiid goes out, running on running Drummond at your starting center is not a bad option to have. 
Um, but Are you kidding me, man? I could talk all day about Andre Drummond. I love the man. You've got yourself the best centers in the league right there, dude. That is going to be amazing to watch. I think you said it to me. Imagine having to battle it out with Joel Embiid, Embiid for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and then, oh, oh it's all good. We got back up in Andre Drummond. Get out of here, man. That is devastating. Those two used to battle it out and beef it hard too. So it's very funny seeing them now on the on the same team. Like, I don't know if you remember that, Johnny, but um, Embiid would be like, I'm in your head, Drummond. And he'd be, writing this, he'd be tweeting this sort of stuff, which was crazy. And now the boys are kicking back on the same team there in Philly. This is why I'm on the sixes, man. I love Andre Drummond. Tell you what, if they signed to Marcus Cousins, you can throw back five years ago to the battle of the big guys. That'd be quite funny, actually. Oh, but, yeah, they're all there. They're all chilling on in 76 land, Trace. You want to just buy <laughs> past my boy Drummond, man. Yeah, we're just bringing he back the big too, man, you know, guys. And John played a rap. Uh, do you remember that, Fancy? <laughs> Yeah, oh, for sure. It's a um, interesting tale, though, the 76ers, because really the whole season hinges on what happens with Ben Simmons. Let's be quite honest. Like, Embiid, you know, I think he was starting, was he starting to play some back-to-back games, um, Trey, last season? Because that was always his problem, is he'd get rested on the back-to-back games, and a lot of it sort of ends with him. He had almost an MVP caliber season last year, but it, it's just really hard, as we sort of were talking about uh, earlier off, off air. It's like Simmons' value just keeps getting lower and lower at the moment, and now it's really going to, just depend on what pace they get back for Simmons, depending on where they fit in. Like Tobias Harris is another good player there. Seth Curry's hanging around. Like they've got some good role pieces, but missing that one superstar player probably sees them drop down from that fourth ranking spot. I would have thought for mine. Mm. Yeah, I love it. You sort of skip past Tobias Harris there too. I, I think a, a lot of you know he's got a lot of value to that team right there too. And when he plays well, the 76ers really play well. He did some excellent stuff at the Pistons and the uh, Clippers when he was there as well. I think he's an excellent uh, player there for the 76ers as well. Seth Curry, man, did you know, I was reading some stat about him that he's actually got a better all-round three-point percentage or something than Steph, or am I making that up? No, you're right. I've heard that too. I think statistically on catch and shoots, he's like one or two percentage points better than than Steph so we have obviously the better curry on our team so we're going to go 82-0 this season <laughs> I love that too and that throws me back to your Jordan versus LeBron debate from when you were talking about that stat that we hadn't heard about like you know oh LeBron on this stat is better than Jordan on that stat that's like saying well Seth is better than Steph I can tell you I'd prefer to have Sorry. fair enough let's not bring it up let's not bring it up okay <laughs> all right Please. scars I'm sorry, buddy. But yes, I'm liking the look of the 76ers. I'm, I'm not hating on them. They need to get rid of your boy Simmons. Move on. See what they can get for him. A Big Mac and a quarter pound is probably about all they're going to get by the time. He's sulking, man. Apparently, he's, doing, he's just refusing to play if he mm. stays in Philly. He's already been complaining. He said that he wasn't expecting the amount of money taken out of his account to be as much as it was. <laughs> yeah. Apparently yeah, the te- he's yeah he's his camp is already having like second thoughts about holding out for the season. So wow, first it's, it's, problems, eh? Because like this is a, this is actually a tactic in the NFL as well. Like if players aren't happy with their current situation with like a year to run their contract, they will literally just crack them and sit out the year. So he's obviously taking a different angle, Simmons. But more hope for the Philadelphia 76ers. Like you'd almost think that the process was a waste of time if they just can't get any pieces of Simmons this season. You might as well just throw it in the bin. You know, it's not going to suit Embiid at all if his body's sort of getting to a healthy position. Like, yeah, it really sort of hinges on what happens in the next probably week or so, I would think. 
It hurts, man. <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> it does, but hats off to you, man, for sticking with those uh, sixes, man. I love it. We'll have to wait and see. I can't wait. It's like every day you wake up waiting for that piece of Traith news on Simmons. I'm, I'm hanging for it. But let's move on to the Miami Heat. Goodness me, I love the Eastern Conference. I love the Miami Heat. I love Jimmy Butler. I love Tyler Hero. These guys... They're looking good. And of course, Bam Abadabio. How do you say his name? Adebayo. <laughs> yeah, let's go with Adebayo. There we go. Or mine. Sound like herbs after a, a, well, just regularly. So what are we thinking here for the Miami Heat fellas? I'm happy to go with this one. I was going to say, I think that people are going to be absolutely shocked by the Miami Heat this season. Last season, they finished up as the sixth seed. They were swept in the first round of the NBA playoffs by the Bucs. And I think everyone was expecting them to give the Bucs a really good fight and a run for their money, considering, you know, they literally eliminated the Bucs the other year. Oh, man. But with that signing of Kyle Lowry, I tell you, I, I would I would trade Ben Simmons for Kyle Lowry in a heartbeat. And the fact that Miami's got Kyle Lowry is going to make a huge difference. He's a proven championship point guard. He is going to bring what they need. Just, and just, just think about it. Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, those three right there, they're just they're so much experience, so much Ola just... Depot. Ola the Depot, that's the one too. Victor mm-hmm. Tator. Victor Tator. <laughs> man, they yeah. are looking good. I'm telling you what, man, I'm on the Miami Heat. And I'm just looking here. I was like, I was wondering how old is Jimmy Butler these days? Because I want to see a ring on, on Buckets' finger. He's like 32, man. So he's going to have to get it done soon. <laughs> Otherwise, he'll find himself in the situation of a, you know, having a sign to a super team in the in the future. Yeah, I think if there's one guy who can get them across the line, it's Jimmy Butler. But as Trey said, you add those pieces. Kyle Lowry, PJ Tucker, we mentioned earlier. Full season from Oladipo adds something to that team. Like, he's been a top scorer in the lead in seasons gone past, but obviously can't get the body right. You've still got Tyler Hero, you said there, Nettie. Duncan Robertson's still around there. He's got another level to go to. Bam, Adebayo. It's a very well-rounded team, especially in the East, I feel like. We know who the top dogs are in that side. Side of the conf- that side of the draw, obviously, but I think the Miami Heat could be one to watch. Is that, I hope that's what Traith is sort of saying because um, I think we mm. all sort of find them a little bit and adding some of that sort of championship experience, I think, makes a huge difference. Kyle Lowry is a great court general, very underrated point guard, and I really do. I would love to see them get into the um, Eastern Conference Finals at the very least because they're just a team that we all love to, to support, aren't they? Like we saw them against the Lakers yeah. years ago, and everyone got on the uh, Miami Heat, and it'd be great to see Jimmy Butler get his team across the line and, and finally get one. Oh, love it too. And I'm just looking here through the through the list here. A very young Yadonis Haslam still on the Miami yes. Heat roster. How freaking null is that? He's older than me, uh, Lefla. That's not possible, is it? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm go. just kidding. I was going to say, I'm pretty... There. Little shots fired, John. And isn't Yadonis Haslam the oldest player? Either. Oh. I just said I didn't realize Kyle Lowry was 35 either. So he's getting on a little bit. Yeah, a bunch, bunch of old men there, but... They're very good, old man. They're very good, old man. Almost as good as you, Ned, I reckon. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you for that, Trace, getting it in there, man. Oh, let's move on to a, a team which I've gone into great discussion about these guys right here. It is the New York Knicks. And I've got to say this, guys. How great is it seeing New York being legitimate again? I'll take that one just because I've seen how bad they've been in the old school trace before 2016 for so many years. They absolutely mucked that roster up. Dolan, whoever it was, it was the jam at the time. Totally oh, yeah. mucked that roster up. And then it was so good to see them uh, get as far as they did make the playoffs last season. But it's it's a tricky one. Like They won 41 games last season. I would not have picked that 
at all that they would finish fourth in the in the standings and win 41 games of the year. It's almost like they went a year early in a sense of where their yeah. development was and just jumped up and, 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 and had a really good season. Like, Trey, I don't know, like, they've made minimal sort of roster changes there. We saw Julius Randle all-star season. He was amazing. Like, what does it take for them to sort of get to the next level and get back to the playoffs, which I would feel would be the pass mark for them this season? I was going to say, they, they had a fairly eventful off-season. They signed Evan Fournier, Kemba Walker... Alec Burks, and all three of those guys are shot makers. And that's what they really struggled with in the playoffs. I mean, just watching the playoffs, Julius Randle was... The problem that he had was Atlanta just swarmed him, just double teamed, and they didn't have anybody else to create those shots for them. And I think, especially with like Kemba Walker, if he can be even sort of like 60, 70, even 80% of what he was with um, Charlotte, then that just creates a whole nother just a whole nother option for them to play the play that game i could see them maybe slipping a little bit back in the standings during the regular season but in the playoffs i think their their top ceiling they can reach is a lot higher is a lot higher and you know look another year of development from mitchell robinson rj barrett maybe he can finally become into that franchise player they thought when they drafted him third Mm. it's just and you know a bit of internal development some some veteran experience Tom Thibodeau, hopefully not playing his starters 48 minutes every single game. You know, I reckon it'll make a big difference. And I think they'll be better off this year, especially in the playoffs anyway. Yeah, definitely. And here's another one that sort of slipped under my thing. This is what it's going to come down to when we're talking talking hoops here. You're the NBA guy, Trath. John and I know probably a little bit more about NBL. But Kemba Walker, I didn't realize that he signed with the Knicks. That's, that's a big signing there, man. Mm, very big. They've added a, goes... a massive piece there. And what do, you, what do you think about my boy, Derek Rose? How's he going to play this year if he can remain injury-free? Oh, I see. I, I, I was unlucky enough to... I was unlucky to miss when Derek was in his prime. You boys got to watch MVP, Derek. So I've only really seen him in those last couple of years. So he's been jump shot heavy and doesn't have that athleticism. But I think Derek Rose has gotten underrated now. Like, I remember watching him score that 50-piece on the Timberwolves. That man can shoot threes and... He's still got a crazy layout package. He's going to be a great sixth man for them. Oh, he's a great player. It's just consistency sort of thing. And like I just said, like remaining injury free. And I was going to bring up that 50 piece. I was going to say, surely you saw that because that's when it really saw him sort of wind the clock back. But unfortunately, he hasn't been able to have games to that caliber since. But hopefully he can get it back done. He's playing there in New York now. So... Time will tell. Yeah, it's, um, I'm going to cut in there. I completely missed the Kemba Walker signing too. That one was completely snuck under the rug. So there's a yeah. huge piece they can add. But yeah, the Derrick Rose days of 2011, 12 back, like that was just some prime basketball. And another guy that you really would love to see win a ring is definitely Derrick Rose, given what he's been through. Oh, most definitely, man. Most definitely. I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one that missed the Walker signing. Craig, you're all over that, buddy. John and I, we're, we're old now. There's a throw uh, shout out to our side project, so man, because I miss Walker and I loved him just, there on uh, the... What was it? So, Charlotte, yeah? Yeah, he went from Charlotte to, to Boston to then go to New York. So I think uh, that's yes, the whole... Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, just just one question for you. Total team. That's all right. I was, I was just going to shut you guys a question. If Derek Rose wins a ring, because you guys have watched him in his prime, is he a Hall of Famer? That's a tough question. Um, being an MVP ring, I'd say probably not. Yeah, no. Wow. I, That'll I don't make think him he's the, done enough. That's so interesting. He'll be the only MVP in NBA history to never make the Hall of Fame. Mm. Well, if it's an eye, right? Like, we're probably not right. He's probably a shoo-in. Like, uh, I don't know. Like, it's just... 
That's a very good question. That might be almost a think about it and get back to you sort of question. Like, who's mm. my favorite player in the league? That's another difficult one. <laughs> you know what? That's uh, probably a whole topic on its own because, the, yeah, look, that's a great point, Trath. But given the, 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 I guess, the path that his career went on, he's definitely a, in a different sort of bracket to the MVPs that we've seen in the past. Like, you know, you look yeah. at some the last 10 years and he's just in a whole different category in his own because mm. of what happened to him, essentially. But if he doesn't win a ring, does he still get in in that situation? because he wasn't MVP like I'd say no but this one needs a bit more thought I think yeah it does I'm mm. with you on that one Johnny I, I quite regularly are and I, I do agree with that I wouldn't go out and go yes mm. but I don't think they're going to win a ring this year that's for sure like he's going to have to sign with the Brooklyn Nets or the Los Angeles Lakers if he wants to get it anyway so we might never have this conversation oh uh, yeah it's just interesting because I was I was a bit young so it just just food for thought Pre twenty sixteen, man. I don't so long ago. I don't even remember what happened then. Oh man! <laughs> I tell you what, though, Trace Leffler. We talked about the Boston Celtics. Uh, John and my buddy Slain and his Celtics. Let's talk Boston. What do you, these guys are consistently consistent. It drives me batty. They're always they're always up there somewhere though. They they're, they're kind of like they're just so consistent. Definitely. Well, you look at their young. It's all because of their two young players. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, those those two guys are franchise-level players. I mean, Jason Tatum has really, really emerged into that next superstar. Like, I could definitely see him being, you know, within a couple of years, the best small forward. Or oh, I'm not sure if he's playing power forward or small forward, but, yeah, one of the best positions in the league. Like, he's just amazing. Like, scoring 50 in the playoffs is no mean feat. Like, that's insane. The Boston Celtics managed to win a game against the... Um, yeah, against the Brooklyn Nets. And I think people forget that Jalen Brown was injured during that first round. Mm. Mm. It's it's yeah. quite it's quite interesting with Boston. It's sort of they've sort of had a reunion. So El Horford's actually come back to the Boston Celtics during the offseason. They also signed Josh Richardson and Dennis Schroeder. I think they've sort of silently come together with a really good collection of players. And I think this year they're gonna come back because last year they were a seventh seed. They had yeah. to go through the play in tournament. Then they lost in the first round. I could definitely see them being a top four seed this year. You could almost argue that they uh, that they underachieved last season in that sense with the seventh seed. And the, probably the one thing for them is Brad Stevens now moves into the front office as well. So the new coach on board, I'm Udoka. I could barely even say his name. But um, he's had yeah. some experience as assistant coach around the league. But you look at that starting lineup. They got Dennis Schroeder after that situation with the Lakers. But Schroeder, Smart, Brown, Tatum and Horford. That's a very well-rounded starting five with some depth as well. As you said, they're adding Josh Richardson. He's a great underrated player as well. He can do some serious damage off the bench. They're going to be one to watch, Nettie. As you sort of said, like they're always around the mark, but I actually feel like they underachieved last season, and, and I reckon Trace is probably right. They'll be pushing up there again this year in the East. Yeah, I think that they've um, put them a little bit low on the power rankings here, but they probably don't mind that, like coming in from, uh, you know, the underrated position, I guess, and Japari Parker there as well. He's a good player, man. These damn Boston Celtics will freaking haunt me forever i think oh man i agree ned boston has given me nightmares as a philadelphia fan (laughs) yeah for years dude for years the boston celtics have bothered me all right let's move on to a much cooler team wait i've clicked on detroit i got a little bit excited there now i do like the chicago bulls though and i think what they've done in the offseason has been absolutely phenomenal this is a team I watched a game the other day and just thought, bam, the Bulls are going to be a lot of fun to watch. 
Are you with me? Are you against me? What are we thinking about Chicago? Oh yeah, the Bulls are going to be so much fun this year. The Bulls are going to be my number one league watch team. Guarantee you, like, yeah. they are so much fun. Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, Patrick Williams, and, you know, whoever else they start. That's just, what a, what a starting five. Like, their that starting five is like, yeah, oh, far out. My brain just went out the window. Exactly. They're the number one best player, Zach Levine. I mean, what a starting five. That's arguably the best starting five in the East, maybe outside of Brooklyn. And they are so much fun. Have you seen during the preseason, like, they just, they act like they've played together for five years already. They're so much fun. They're a great transition team. They've had great defense. I know Billy Donovan's sort of a defensive-minded coach because he's just started up with the team. But, yeah, they're just so much fun. I can't wait to watch them. G-Town, baby, I'm telling you. And they're all, they're saying that Alex Caruso is now the GOAT of Chicago. I'm not sure if you've seen that thing getting around, which I had a bit of a uh, laugh about. But they've got a young player here called Kobe White, guys. I'm not too sure how much you've seen of this guy, but I love him, man. Definitely keep your eyes out on him. Chicago Bulls, I feel that they're down a little bit further than what they should be too. What's his power ranking number eight, traits? What's going on with that? Oh, it's it's so hard to predict. The problem is the East is so competitive this year. There's so many teams which could be so good. Like I could yeah. I could theoretically see the Bulls being as high as three, and I could see them being all the way down and even the play in. It's just it's so hard to tell. Because what are you thinking it, there, it, John? Sorry to chop you off there, there, Trey. Right. But I was going to say, oh. what do you think of the Chicago Bulls in this sense? Are they underrated, overrated? I think Trey hit the nail on the head once again. Like I think the East is in a very interesting position. All the teams we've read out probably the last three or four could finish anywhere between probably second and 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 miss out. Like logistically, like it could, it could be any kind of season. Still a few teams to go. But as you said there, the starting lineup solid. The one guy I'd written down here, Nettie, was Kobe White. Like he could be anything. Yeah. Some serious minutes off the bench. He's going to put him. some heat on starters i love him as well they're very going to be a very fun team to watch patrick williams to take the next step vucevic coming across as well like they, they did a really good job the bulls putting together a really good looking roster um i really like lonzo ball running the point in that team because he got a lot of shooters there too and zach levine does everything so look i'm excited to watch these guys play but logistically again or logically they could finish anywhere from second third down to eighth or ninth yeah, crazy to say that right there. And long ago on the days where the East were laughed about conference, Trath, this is probably back when you were back in those diapers sort of thing. But the West, the top eight could probably be better than the first on the East. Like it was, there's been some horrible times for the Eastern Conference teams. But thankfully, long ago on those days, and that's another, well, I shouldn't go there again, but with LeBron thing, like, you know what I mean? He's just chilling over there in a very poor conference. But you, you've got people outside of the eighth in the West you know, arguably right up there. But I tell yeah. you what, Chicago Bulls, and I'm so glad, Johnny, that you said about White. I think he's fantastic, fantastic player. You like him, Trace? Yeah, look, Kobe White. Kobe White's in a much better position now than he used to be. They drafted Kobe White to be the lead point guard, and he's not. He's more of a six-man type role. He's more of a scorer rather than a facilitator. So I think, yeah, I could see Kobe White being like a six man of the year in the future. He's just, he's such a dynamic scoring guard. He can, he can really shoot it from anywhere. He can take it inside. But yeah, definitely. He's in a much better position now. So he is one to watch out for. Definitely. Oh, like it left, like it, my man. My excitement level with the Bulls just really went up there. I forgot how much I liked them. I, I could have been talking about anybody after talking about Boston, though, to get excited. But here's a team that's never really made me too excited. It's the Toronto Raptors. 
it's interesting to see how far sort of they're off the charts here too because they only won the title a couple of years back John, do you want to take this one? Yeah, definitely. Well, it's a, it's a great point you mentioned there, Nettie, how things can look very different from a championship roster to, to kind of what they're going into this season. Like, there's quite a lot of those pieces in there. Uh, Pascal Siakam, I think a lot of it comes down to him getting back to that all-star caliber. Uh, they've got sort of uh, Van Vliet still there, uh, Chris Boucher still there, um, OG Anobi, or however you say his surname, he's still there. Like, they've still got all these pieces, but missing a traditional or a really key superstar. But of course, they drafted Scott Barnes, number four. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch as well. And Gary Trent. Yeah. He comes in and hopefully he gets a full season too. So they've got some interesting yeah. people for the Raptors, but definitely you, you, you sort of go one less superstar in that team, but particularly against who they're like, who we've already spoken about, who they're going to be coming up against. I think they, yeah, I just think they're going to struggle this season to, to push for the playoffs, but making it a seventh or an eighth seed would be a huge win for them. I feel this year is a fun fact. The Pistons swept them last season. There you go. <laughs> Boys, you know oh, you've been man. all over that. When you're Leffler, I like it there. But yeah, that Pascal, I'm finding myself really struggling with names I even know in this Me podcast. Too, Sorry, guys. But yeah, 43 there for the, the Raptors. He's a very good player. And Fred Van Fleet, I like him as well. But, you know, going through the, oh, there's no real other huge names that are sort of standing out at me. Goran Dragic, I didn't realize he was there. How long has he been mm-hmm. in, in Toronto for? He only just got, he was in the Kyle Lowry trade. Okay, yeah. It was, nice it was, um, yeah, Goran, Dra- Goran Dragic, Precious Achua for Kyle Lowry, I believe. I can't remember how many draft picks it was. But, gentlemen, the name that you two have to watch out for is Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes. Was- Gillespie. <laughs> well, that, maybe that's another name, but <laughs> Scotty Barnes, the third overall pick. I tell you, this man is, he's going to be good. I just wrote down a couple notes about this man specifically because I like him so much as a draft. Like, he's a 6'8 forward. Yeah, listen to this. He's a 6'8 forward who projects to be somewhere between a Draymond Green, Ben Simmons type player. Definitely no bias there. (laughs) Yeah. um, But he's not reluctant to shoot. He literally took four four three-pointers and missed all four of them in the preseason. And that's what we want to see. He's great at passing. He was arguably the best defender in in the whole of the college season last year. Um, He can switch one through five. He's a great rebounder. And he's just... His potential upside is huge. I think that we're going to be looking in four or five years and Scotty Barnes is going to be the best player in that draft. Yeah, that's right, my man. prediction. I, I, that's an interesting one that you'd say that Scotty Barnes is better than Cade Cunningham. It's lucky we're not in the uh, same room at the moment there, Mr. Leffler. But I tell you what, Scotty Barnes, because I do something, yeah. Scotty Barnes sounds like a very Australian bogan sort of guy. <laughs> I have no idea, but he, he, I think he's going to be good. Maybe not better than Cade. Maybe I'll take that back, but I could see I him like- being one of the best. I could see That's him being one of the recording best. here. Scotty Barnes is going to be better than Cade. Get that on a piece of paper there, Johnny. There's Leffler's bold yeah. call. Four bold to five call. years. All right. Yeah. I was going to say, we can look back in four or five years' time and see if that one's paid off or not. Man, I won't even remember in four to five minutes. You don't have to worry about that. Let's roll on to what do we got here? We're up to number 10 here in the power rankings, the Washington Wizards. Russell Westbrook didn't do much for them. It would uh, turn out there and he's, you know, Los Angeles. Now, what else happened with uh, the Wizards in the offseason left? Oh, man, the Washington Wizards had a huge offseason. They completely ripped up their team. That Russell Westbrook trade, just sending Russell Westbrook away, 
change up the whole way of the team. I think I think I read a stat. He was responsible for 53% of all the points scored or assisted on for Washington last year. Now, that's just that's crazy. Huge. Yeah. That is just crazy. But yeah, during the offseason, they acquired Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Kuzma from the Lakers, Montrose Harrell, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and Aaron Holiday. I'm not sure how this collection of players is going to work together. Spencer Dinwiddie is an underrated player. He's going to very, very he's going to bring a fair bit to them. You know the the Kyle Kuzma show. I'm not sure if you guys are Kyle Kuzma fans. I think he was very overrated in LA, but he says he's going to be a 20 point per game scorer this season. So let's see it happen on 35% field goal efficiency. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's just they've had a very interesting team, and I. I I don't know what you gentlemen think, but I think I think Bradley Beal this season, he's just gonna take one look at the team when they've, you know, when they start the season off 0 and five or one and four or whatever, I think he's just gonna take a look and say, nah, I want out of here. I could see him requesting a trade by mid season, definitely. Yeah, that's a great summary there, Trace, because it's a very mismatched team. Like Bradley Beal's still there, of course. Thomas Bryant should be back fit as well. He's a key man in there as well. But it's just a there's a huge hole in terms of scoring and assists, as you said, that Westbrook sort of is going to leave behind. So it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough start to the season for the Washington Wizards because they've gone out and brought all these pieces in. It almost seems like they have put a lot of thought into how they're going to build this team up. But I mean, who knows what's happened behind closed doors? But Dinwiddie, guys, like he's a huge, huge name. I've written him down here as well. He was massive yeah. for the Brooklyn Nets in those few years before they went out and stacked the super team up. And I rate him very highly. But there's a lot of similar players on that roster, so no idea how they're going to roll out with that starting five on opening night and it could be a very interesting first few months for the uh for the wizards yeah that is that's one of those sort of roll the dice sort of teams right there isn't it i like your call on bill to requesting a trade we'll have to watch this space and see if your boy simmons starts a little bit of a trend oh for the 76ers left for the podcast you know listeners, we have a very excited left holding up his 76ers who knows it could happen you reckon give them simmons I would say so. I reckon that if I was Washington, I would trade Bradley Beal now before he before he requests a trade or start saying, you know, I want to only go to LA or something like Ben's doing. Just yep. get him out of there and, and rebuild your team around Ben. Mm. You don't have to... Ben doesn't have to be your best player, but you make Ben your, your lead ball handler, Kyle Kuzma. Suddenly the team fits a little bit better. Yeah, I agree with that, Trace, just to cut in, sorry, because I think if, if Ben goes to the Wizards, he can play point guard and, and then Dinwiddie can play shooting guard, which I think he plays better at shooting guard hmm. than as a ball handler myself. So not a bad fit, Nettie. What do you reckon? Yeah, I like that right there, actually. Have you seen any Washington Wizards sort of rumors or anything getting around? Because I think that would be an excellent fit for him. <laughs> well, the only Wizards rumor I've seen linked to the Sixers was this crazy five-team proposed trade, oh, which was okay. literally, this is going to sound preposterous, but it was going to send Beal and Damian Lillard to the 76ers. Um, I, I can't even remember. It was some crazy trade. Hell? It never happened. You get, you get Damian Lillard <laughs> and Beal. Man, yeah, right, eh? I don't know what it was, but I'll take it if I'm a 76ers uh, fan. Oh, well, Simmons. It, well, we had we would have had to get rid of Simmons and Tobias and Maxi and Thibault and and I, I wouldn't trade Thibault for Embiid. Like I love Thibault. <laughs> oh man, I think the whole of Australia loves Thibault, man. And I don't think we really talked about him much in our Philadelphia wrap up. There, we we skipped over one of my favourite players at the minute, mm. and Australia's favourite, man. 
the only other person that I wanted to talk about here was KCP. I find myself like just jumping on these X Pistons. I think he's a he's a great player, and you know he's got himself a chip now. Contavious Caldwell Pope, do you like him, boys? Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All rating. Oh, nice. Thanks, fellas. That's very sweet of you. All right, let's move on to the Indiana Pacers. God, I love this conference. I love this conference, Trey. It's so good, man. What's Indiana done in the preseason that we should look out for, Mr. Fitzgerald? What are we thinking? Well, yeah, Indiana's another tricky team to place here at the moment and another suitor for Ben Simmons that I've read. And I'd always say that yeah. they almost need him more than the Wizards do because I've already got some injury concerns around TJ Warren and Karis LeVert, a couple of good players there. Ben Simmons and Brogdon would be a very, very interesting kind of mix there. Um, and of course, I got Sabonis. I got a dominant big man. Like, it'd be a very interesting fit at the Pacers. I don't know what you think there, Troth. I don't know what pieces they'd be able to give up to go back to the 76ers. That's probably the big problem is that now his value just mm. sort of starts to get a little bit uh, decreased. I, I think it, it's sort of hard to place because what's the value of, say, like a TJ Warren and say, like, Karis LeVert. Like, I think those would be the players you'd sort of be looking at trading. Because the 76ers already didn't want Malcolm Brogdon. That trade apparently was tried to go through and denied. I would say, as a Sixers fan, I'd probably take TJ Warren. I think people forget how good he was. Like, yeah. during the bubble, he was, like, literally playing, like, prime Michael Jordan. And then, and literally, look up the stats. He was averaging, like, over 30 points per game. He was crazy. So, I'd, I'd take my shot with him, but... I don't know how the fit would work. It'd be very interesting. Just because DeMantis... Oh, sorry, mate. No, no, I was just going to say, and you should continue what you were talking about there, but I'm thinking about it now as we say. I I like the fit at Washington. I think that would be the... That'd be a great fit for him, more so than Indiana, but I I could see it, it could work. Well, I think Indiana would go further. I think Washington with Ben Simmons would be straight back down to the lottery, personally. I think Indiana would definitely be a, a higher-seeded playoff team just because we can't... Even though Ben is a very controversial player, he's a good player. Like, if you look at the first year he joined the Sixers when he wasn't injured, I think they went up to a 50-win team from, like, a 20-win team. Like, it was something... Some crazy, crazy amount. But I just don't know how the fit between him, Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis. It's just a lot of big men who don't shoot that well. Like, Sabonis is all right at shooting, and Miles Turner's got the reputation as a good three-point shooter, but in reality, he's like a low 30%. So, I don't know. I don't like the fit personally, but it might happen, so. Mm. They'd need to. They'd need to keep Brogdon in that situation then add a add a, um, a three that could shoot the ball, really, couldn't they? At least they're going to spread the floor mm. quite a bit, but it leaves them in an interesting situation. Since you brought up the, the Wizards, like, I've actually been really thinking about how good that lineup would look with Ben Simmons in the middle yeah, of it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. But, um, but, like, Malcolm Brogdon, for me, he's a very underrated player, and he could play the two as well if he really had to, but it might depend on who they can give up for Simmons. I, I could see that being a very hard trade to make. It'd be a lot of draft picks, and I don't think the 76ers would be happy with the pieces they get back mm. no, it's a, man I can't wait to see what happens with Ben Simmons it's, it's definitely the talking point of the NBA at the moment uh, here's a good one for you though Johnny did you see Kiefer Skikes from the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix last year has signed with the Indiana Pacers which is cool I've seen him play in yep. a few of the preseason games do you think he'll get much minutes or is he going to be right up at the end of the bench oh. I don't really know. Like, I'm not sure what the depth's like with the paces, but he definitely could. I mean, he's a he's a handy ball handler, but um, yeah, not, I'm, I'm honestly not sure how the paces sort of roster sort of gets made up there. Again, a couple of good big men, depending on what happens with Simmons. I just, yeah, it's going to be a tough one for Sykes to make that, uh, make an impact anyway. 
Yeah, this is what we're talking about, Tracy. We'll get to see some players here in Australia because they really it is a nice stepping stone the NBL to the NBA. And this is one of the players that played here as an import for the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix last year. And he's found himself with a roster spot on the Indiana Pacers this year, which is really cool because it's very much considered one of the, the bigger leagues in the world now, which is really very fantastic right there. But let's move on from the Indiana Pacers to man, the Charlotte Hornets. Here we go. I watched them play and they got razzed up <laughs> just the other day. I actually think it was by the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> well, that's a great segue into our next thing because literally the last game that Charlotte played last year was when they lost to Indiana in yep. the playing tournament. I think they lost... All right. It was like 140 to 115. Well, Like... Indiana just destroyed them. It was crazy. So I apparently Indiana's got um Charlotte's number. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. A lot of people have got Charlotte's number, I think, unfortunately, mm. uh, for the Hornets. But, uh, Johnny, what do you think about the Hornets team? They're one of those teams that have, well, yeah. never really done a huge amount, but we'd like to see them do something. Hey. Yeah, I think we would too. Like you can have a season with Lamelo as a full starting, a full time starting point guard. The, Terry Rozier is a very underrated scorer. I think Gordon Haywood, of course, his fitness is probably what this team relies on. They've got some good handy pieces in there. Miles Bridges, Kelly Oubre is in town, of course, and PJ Washington. Yeah, you know, he was okay last season. So they are a hard team to play. So I feel like when they're all fit and when they're all they're all playing at their best, they're, they're a good side. But they're just there's just no consistency with with Charlotte. I don't think. And you're right, Eddie. Like. Be good to see them up there, but um, I just I just can't see this season being theirs with the with the Hornets. But um, Trace, what do you think? The the key to to Charlotte this season is obviously having a full a full year of Lamelo Ball. Like he should get better. Sec guards generally have a bit of a tough time coming into the league, so you could I could see him having a very good jump, maybe even up to like twenty points, seven assists, somewhere around there. But the, I, I think the biggest thing for Charlotte is really exploring that stretch five. Really, that that four out, five out pace. Because when Charlotte was running PJ Washington at the five, they were actually a really good team. They were above 500, well, on pace anyway, to be an above 500 team. But, I mean, Charlotte fans should be excited. They've got a nice young core. I mean, just having LaMelo Ball alone is good. I mean, as you said before, Fitzy, you've got some nice people. You do have Gordon Haywood. I mean, he was at one point playing like an all-star during the season, you know, he's going to really deliver. He's going to be a great, you know, sort of second option or secondary playmaker behind LaMelo. Scary Terry is really underrated. He is a very good player. Yeah. Like, I think people don't realize. I, when he when he signed that contract after leaving Boston, people were like, what? He's signing a, a four-year, $80 million contract. I can't remember what it was. Something ridiculous. And it, that's almost a bargain now. He's a great player. I think he was the most efficient. He was the most efficient clutch three-point shooter in the whole league last year. He shot something oh. like 45 percent from th from three in the last five minutes of a game or something. Like something crazy. Like he's he's underrated. He's a good yeah. he's a good player. My rating. Yeah, really they've, got a, they've, they've got a lot to look forward to here. I don't think they'll make the 
the playoffs as much. But yeah, like you said, that mm. young core building it around Haywood, who he's getting a little bit older now. This is a scary fact for you, Trey. I watched this guy in college. He's now 31 <laughs> when he was playing with the Butler Bulldogs. He's good. They picked up the Mason Plumley as well. He's around mm. that age as well. He's a he's a solid player. And who was looking at that? Ish Smith. Another former Piston. When I was watching the game the other day, they were saying he's had like 11 different jerseys or something over his career. He's just like basically one of those one and done each year. But no, I'm looking, look at the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be definitely watching. These are the teams that I find myself watching, guys, and you already know this, John. I'll be watching a lot of games from the Charlotte Hornets and, and Memphis Grizzlies and sort of teams yep. that not many people jump on board. Small market teams, mm. man. That's what it's all about. But just to wrap up on the Hornets, and as you sort of mentioned, Trey, it could depend on if they decide to start PJ Washington or Mason Plumley at the five. Like, it depends how they sort of roll out that team because a lot of good shooters in that side. And, and again, Rosier, he's a very underrated player. Like, I could talk about him yeah. for ages. Love watching him play. I've had him in fantasy before, and he's just a gun. Like, he's just a great shooter. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what um, what the Charlotte Hornets bring. But, um, yeah, got a lot of young talent in there too, don't forget. And um, the future is definitely bright for the Hornets. Hmm. Are you I just running wrap up the with... fantasy again this year, John? I'm not sure. Trace, do you do any uh, NBA fantasy at all? Oh, I, I don't actually. I've looked at it. I've looked at it into this year. Like I, when I'm doing research and stuff, it always pops up like NBA fantasy. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll give this a go. Maybe. I don't know. Is it any good? Yeah, look, it's it's a, uh, you have to sort of set your lineup every day or you can go and set the whole week's worth mm. of lineups if you do the traditional format. But uh, maybe we can get a Grey Wolf League up and running. If enough people are keen, I know Madman Matt Grace will jump on board. And Eddie, if you and Broads want to do a team, I'm sure we could put a, uh, a league together. Man, he'll be all about it. But I tell you what, Left doesn't have enough time because he is going into training me, going from a fat guy to a very <laughs> in-fit in shape guy so left has got his hands full johnny isn't that right left ned you you underappreciate how fit you are mate you're actually a lot fitter than you say for anyone listening ned is not a fat guy ned is actually quite <laughs> fit he does he does very well at the gym every day and he works his ass off so uh, I, I will say you. ned mate you can you, i will train you i'll push you hard mate but I, you're, you're fitter than you think you're fitter than you think yeah, see, Johnny, and here's another thing to put into perspective for the listeners and watchers, which is quite funny. John and Trace, or Lef, have never actually met in person, which I think is pretty fantastic as well. You guys will meet one day. I hope it's not for a while, though, because it's kind of cool. Like, we will yeah. just remain in lockdown and John will meet Trace in like five years' time. <laughs> meet you there, buddy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Very, very fun times, man. But it's time to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers. They didn't re-sign Dally. They're predicted to come 13th in the power rankings here. What are you thinking, John, for Cleveland this year? And now that I've we're 13 teams deep, the bright bulb in my head just sort of said, probably should have worked our way from the back to the top. Should yeah. we re-record? No, I think we'll go from here, Eddie. I know you're talking, <laughs> want to talk about Detroit Pistons, so we'll keep moving here. But, of course, it's, I think it's going to be a long season for the Cavs, but they have got some nice pieces in there. Evan Mobley, of course, was their first-round dra- draft pick. He's a very handy two-way big man. I reckon Colin Sexton and Darius Garland is a very underrated backcourt as well. They're still very young, and they've sort of got a little dynamic going on there. And, of course, Jared Allen came across on the Nets. I was... I, I've really rated him at, at the Nets, and obviously they had to squeeze him out for some other pieces. But they've got some nice young talent there, the Cavs. It's going to be a very long season for them. But I think it's going to take them a little while to build a championship roster. But I think they've got some really good parts there, uh, Trey. I'm not sure what you think. But um, I think they're going to be exciting for Cleveland fans, but they're probably a couple of seasons away from really making some damage in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. We we love some sex land, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> of course. I feel like he's been waiting Collins. to say that for 55 minutes. Like, no, oh, I definitely have. You know, <laughs> that was. A, I remember when I first saw they had Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, and the Sexland joke started coming around. That was brilliant. I, I was pissing myself. That was so good. But yeah, Fitzy, you're exactly right, mate. They've got a, I've got a really nice young core. Uh, Evan Mobley, that man, he's looking like he might become sort of an Anthony Davis-like player. Like, he's an excellent defensive player. He he he, he projects to be um, basically able to switch one to five. Like, in college, he was able to guard even guards pretty well, like the point guards and shooting guards, which is an underrated thing in today's NBA. You look at a player like Rudy Gobert, who's obviously the best interior defender in the whole league, but he just got completely shown up in that LA series. So... Having a big man who can switch is crazy. And just, yeah, just in general, although I am interested to see what happens with Kevin Love. Because, you know, he's just, hasn't he fallen off a cliff? Yeah, he kind of has, hasn't he? He's sort of hmm. remained, I guess, is, it, yeah. is that more to do with him as a player or where he's at? Or, you know, like I was watching a documentary with him and he's gone through some pretty harsh sort of battles with, depression and that sort of stuff but i like after watching it i'm like man i want to see kevin love love do well i'd love to see him sort of on a sort of like what happened with paul Millsap or yeah or even blake griffin <laughs> watch he'll go to like the lakers and he'll start dunking again and being like minnesota kevin love averaging 25 14 and 5 again <laughs> that's a that's a touchy subject with me there man and they also picked up ricky rubio though like i, I love rubio man he's done some great things and I, like you know i'd like to see them finish higher than this i don't mind the Cavs. i've always wanted to see them do well well who else we got on here taco fall I've never heard of Taco <laughs> Fall, but I would hope Trey or John, probably not a name for a girl, but Trey, for your firstborn child, can you please call him or her Taco Leffler? Well, I'm a, I can't because I'm a burrito fan, so I would call my child burrito over taco, but that's okay. Uh, Ned, you're missing out, mate. You, you've missed out on the on the on the cult icon Taco Fall for Boston. This man is literally the tallest player in the NBA. He's seven foot oh, four. He is too. Um, no, I yeah. do know this guy. Yes, I'm yes. just. Yes, yes, yes. He is too. He's like seven foot seven or something, isn't he? He's he's crazy tall. <laughs> he's so five. funny to watch play. <laughs> seven five. He's so. You watch him play, and he's just he's standing there, and the other players who are like you know in their mid six foot look like kids around him. It's so funny to watch. He literally blocked a. I remember I was watching him block a player. He just stood in front of the rim with his arms up and the ball just like landed in his arms. And it wasn't goaltending either. <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's a fun like, guy. I feel like the biggest idiot now because I was watching the Cavaliers game only like two days ago. They were interviewing him and his surprising fact was, and this is really cool, he can dunk without jumping. That's like, how cool is that? That was, a you know, like they were going through, oh, let us know something that, you know, would spin your fans out. Like what we do, John, when we're interviewing people. And his was, I can dunk without jumping. So probably YouTube that and check it out. Taco Fall, man, I feel like a moron. All right, let's move on to the one we've all been waiting for, <laughs> or at least me. And you snapped me earlier in the day, Trace, and you said there's reason that the Pistons are going to be, you know, better than what people expect. Or you said something cool, but I like because I follow this team so heavily, like it's definitely like, I feel like they're going to be better than what people are projecting them to be. You've said to me, Trey, that everyone's, you know, sort of ticking them off as an easy win, but they, they, 
you just mentioned young core on the previous few teams. I like the young core of this Pistons team. I like what they've done. We need to get free up that cap space. We're still paying a whole bunch of money to Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, as you just brought up. But once those guys are off the books, John, you've said it to me as well. Well, we just need to have one yep. solid superstar sort of thing to go around this young core and the future's almost as bright as Atlanta. Yeah, I think they've they've got some great pieces there, Eddie, and we all want the Detroit Pistons to do well. Like, obviously, the mid-2000s team, there's one of my favorite of all time, but they've got Cade Cunningham, the man he's new in town. He's yes. going to make an impact straight away. Jeremy Grant is a legit star, I feel. He can take the next step. And Isaiah Stewart is another one. He's got that clear big man role now. Mason Plumlee's out of town. That's a fairly solid core of three players there, I feel, Nettie, that you should be getting excited as Detroit fans. It's going to be the case to get a bit of that money off the books, maybe sign a couple of handy veterans and, and make a push for a playoff uh, playoff berth. But there's some really nice pieces in Detroit this year. Yeah, I don't think it's going to come this year. I'm looking forward to hearing what you're saying. I can see that you're there. You're, you're keen to talk, Trace. They, they signed <laughs> Kelly Olenek, which I think is good. And here's another. I think I may have brought this up on a previous podcast or just talking to you. He had similar numbers to what Anthony Davis had. Again, that goes back to your arguments about stats and whatnot. But, man, Jeremy Grant, as you mentioned, love him. Cade Cunningham, I really hope he does big things for once the Pistons – the future looks bright, in my humble opinion. We still got some good wins in there last season. You know, the Blake Griffin thing, well, it's upsetting because he was my favorite player. I still don't know who is. I love Stewart, man. Like, this is going to be good. Killian Hayes, he needs to develop yep. that shot a little bit more, but his future looks good. His potential looks excellent. But, Drath, Leffler, let me know. What was this exciting factor that you want to spill with me here, man? Oh, well, you guys have covered most of it. Like, you've, you've done, they really do have an excellent core. One player you guys forgot to mention is Sadiq Bay. He was all rookie first team last year. Like, I feel he was robbed a, in the rookie of the year, man. He can shoot the oh, lights out. And I believe it was you that said to can. me that he is, a, what do you call him? A Stanley pocket knife or whatever he can do. A Swiss Army knife. Swiss, yeah, Swiss Army knife. He can do everything. I love mm. this guy. Man, I, you can feel the passion here. I feel as passionate as Traith when he's talking about his sixes here. It's it's going to be an interesting season, that's for sure. Yeah, and I'll I was tell you what, say. the names that we've reeled off, like there's your starting lineup right there. Hayes, Cunningham, Bay, Grant, Stewart. Like they're all, what, 21 and under or thereabouts. Like yep. that's ridiculous. If they can keep that core together, like you'd be very excited as a Pistons fan, Eddie. Yeah, that's it. It's about keeping them together. And to put that into perspective, and I've never really sort of thought about it, but Trey, Lef, you're 21. This is like you and your buddies playing in the, in the NBA, man. So hmm. the future's in your hand. Kate Cunningham probably thinks 2016's old school as well. <laughs> oh, he, he's probably been watching basketball since he was in diapers. <laughs> but um, yeah, Kate, Kate's going to be crazy though. Like uh, the comparisons Kate's getting, he's been compared to like Luka Doncic, James Harden, even um, who was he compared to? Yeah, Grant Hill, who's a, not a player I'm very familiar with, but oh. which is quite interesting because yeah. of his piston roots too. I'm sorry, Ned. I'm sorry. That was me just passing out from shock. Grant Hill during oh. Sprite, baby. Yeah, but it, they, they've just got they've just got such a promising young core, and I'm I'm interested. There's one player who is extremely underrated who just made the roster. Have you guys heard of Luke Garza? Luke Garza, yeah. Yeah. I was happy that he picked up that spot. I think he's going to be pretty good. I watched him in the summer league, actually, there, Lef, yes. and 
he, yeah, he had a two-way and they ended up signing him after playing very, very well. So, not sure. Nervous, excited. Like you said to me, everyone's, you know, they're the easy beats of the league. But I reckon they're going to surprise some people. And I, I think they'll take some scalps sort of thing. Like, I, I think you'll see there'll be some surprising victories uh, throughout this season. Or maybe I'll eat humble pie and they'll go five and 70, whatever it would be. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, oh, well, look, they've got Dwayne Casey as a coach. I think people forget he literally only won rookie, not rookie, <laughs> coach of the year not too many years ago with... Um, Toronto. Toronto, thank you. The name was evading me just there. Yeah, and I just think they're going to be a hard-fought team. They're going to, you know, as I was saying to you, Ned, over Instagram, I think it was, they're going to be one of those teams where a team like Brooklyn's going to come in thinking, you know, we're facing Detroit. This is just going to be an instant win. We'll just play our starters 10 minutes or whatever. And Detroit's going to come in and they're going to fight hard for it because they're going to want it more. And they're going to scrap off. They're going to be a scrappy, hard-fought team. So the future's the future is very bright for Detroit because of that man, Cade Cunningham. Yeah, man, I believe it is too. I think the same deal what you were saying before, John, but your your Atlanta Hawks will definitely peak before the Pistons do. But I think two, three years, you know, hopefully before I die, the Pistons are going to be back in the playoffs, baby. And it's going to be fun times. And we're all going to watch it. And we're going to be like, remember that time in 2021, we spoke about this. And life's going to be like, hell yeah, I said the guy was better than Cade, who I can't even remember who you said it was now. <laughs> Scotty Barnes. Yeah, Scotty Barnes. You're like, Cunningham's no Barnes. And he'll be like the LeBron James of future. But anyway, let's move on. I'm going into a random Ned rant. On to the <laughs> final piece of the puzzle. Another team that I absolutely love. Man, I've got a soft spot for the Orlando Magic. I love them. John. Yep. Man, what can you tell me about the Magic? Well, we've all got a soft spot for the Orlando Magic, but I almost feel like the power rankings, there's a gap between Detroit and the Pearl Magic at the bottom there. Like they've lost Vucevic, they've lost Aaron Gordon, they lost Fournier. They even lost the lottery in some form. They ended up with pick five, which was Jalen Suggs. He's going to be a decent player. But you look at that starting lineup. Suggs will be joined by Fultz, Terrence Ross, Wendell Carter, I rate. I don't know who else slots into that starting lineup, but... It's going to be a very long season, I feel, for the, all the Orlando Magic, unfortunately. Trace, I don't know what's a pass mark if you're the Orlando Magic front office, but, yeah, I just don't see them covering those losses as well as trying to build a young core. Pass mark is holding on to Michael Carter-Williams because apparently, sorry to jump the gun there, Trace, apparently he's thinking about quitting the NBA to become an MMA fighter. I'm not sure if you guys saw that. I'm pretty sure I'm not making that up. But yes, Michael Carter-Williams, he's one of those guys that they expected the world of, which Trath, you're sort of saying about Cunningham. Like they always, when he come into the league, they were saying big things about him and he just has never really done anything there. But yes, Trath, what's a pass mark for them, my man? Uh, well, MCW did win Rookie of the Year. He did. He started out good, but he peaked. That's what I'm saying, but then he's... Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, look, I have I honestly have no interest in the Orlando Magic this season. So this is sort of a hard team for me to discuss. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Ned. I'm sorry, mate. Look, Orlando, I've, I've never been a fan of Orlando. I thought they've they've handled the situations incredibly poorly. Um, they have. Look, at least... Just, <laughs> do, do, you, do you guys remember when they posted the picture of like... I forget what it was now, but there's a whiteboard with like their their stuff and it was on do you remember what that was John you know what I'm talking yeah, about there is like had some projected trades or like something yeah. like on the whiteboard and they posted it on social media my goodness mm. yeah 
I um I don't know. Like it's that's an Orlando Magic kind of thing. I think the best thing that the, the Magic have done in the league for the probably the last five years is host the bubble. <laughs> that's probably about it for me. <laughs> um, and it's going to be a very tough season. Like even if I just had to throw something at them myself, like don't finish last in the East, and uh, that's probably a very um. Uh, I guess a, a simple goal for them, but um, yeah, I think Tracy got to put a, put in perspective that Ned and I have been following the Eastern Conference since we can remember, and it's always been about bringing up the small teams, and especially this mm. year, I think the Magic are going to need all the help they can get. If anyone out there is looking for a team to jump on board, get on Orlando because I think they need it. Yeah, I have about yeah. 27 second teams, and the Orlando Magic's definitely one of those 27 second teams. I I love the Orlando Magic. It's it's basically just Eastern Conference, baby. Love it, Orlando Magic. Hopefully, they can get 10 wins. What do you reckon, John? Yeah, oh, that, that's gonna be a push. It's going to be a push, I reckon. But look, there's going to be some games late in the season, I think, like as superstars get rested, like Trey sort of mentioned the Pistons yep. and the Nets potentially. Like, I think they'll probably get there. Maybe 15 wins. We'll let them have that. But mm. who knows? Surprise us all. And Suggs could come out Rookie of the Year, be better than Scotty Barnes and Cade. And I don't know. Like, they're going to have to do something before the season starts, I feel, to add a legit piece into that team. Like I said, when I rate Wendell Carter Jr. I think he's a fantastic player, but there's just nothing there that excites me this season. Like, Fultz could get injured week one, as he's done in the past, and their season could be very, very bad very quickly. Oh, yeah, Fultz, another Fultz guy hurts. there, too, Trath, I was going to say real quick, too. Another guy, RJ Hampton, of course, played with the New Zealand Breakers. Mm. He's there at Orlando now, which is really cool. So when we do switch uh, switch gears and talk about the NBL, we can talk about some of those sort of players that are now playing in the NBA. So there's a reason to, to look at the Orlando Magic. And I'm sorry to go back to the Pistons, but I have to switch back to Detroit real quick because, Johnny, we've talked about this in detail. I want to get it on here before we let you go. Who? What do we have to do to be legit in the next two, three years? What does Detroit have to do? You always say to me, it's got to, they've got to sign one player. Obviously, Ben Simmons isn't the fit. Who do you guys think it is? If you want to go first. I know you're right. You take this one. I've got to think about it. <laughs> I, I, per, personally, I don't think Detroit needs to sign anyone. It's not about signing anyone. Detroit's not a big free agency market anymore. They're not They're not going to attract the big, the big players anymore. They need to just... They need to let Cade Cunningham play with that ball, take the ball out of Killian Hayes' hands. I've been hearing a lot of talk that they're going to run the ball to Killian Hayes and run Cade off the side. Give the ball to Cade, let him find his way. Whatever growing pains you go through, even if they go, you know, 0 and 82, who cares? Cade has the potential to be so good and he's what's going to take you to that promised land. So give the ball to Cade, let him feast and just let the rest work its way. Because in two to three years, if Cade's, you know, he's gone through the growing pains, he's he's experienced that inefficient rookie season that most rookies go through and he, and he gets the reps under his belt. He is a player who projects to be, like we were saying, that LeBron James type, that number one player on a championship team. Because I really think he can. He's a, he's a heliocentric player. Letting him develop and become the best version he can be is ultimately what's going to get you there. Oh, I like it, Lep. I like it. Do you agree or disagree, John? This is purely for yeah. me and the other seven yeah. Pistons fans in Australia. So, do yeah. you agree? I think um, all seven of you guys should hold tight because, you know, like I think what 
Trey said spot on. Yeah, Cunningham's a six or seven guy can run the floor. Let him sign him to a max contract as soon as possible. Let those other guys go off the books, but just trust the call that they've got. Once they get into a position where they're ready to push for a playoff, look at it like like Chris Paul did to the Suns this year, or we've seen yep. Iguodala did to the Warriors years ago. Like add that right piece in there for some leadership and some guidance, but trust what they've got, trust what they've built, keep that core together. And again, like we said before, that starting five is very young. Jeremy Grant could be a superstar in this league, all-star and everything like that. Keep that core together. And I think, you know, not this season, but I think you'll see some good signs this year. Get, as Trey said, get Cade Cunningham through those sort of growing pains and watch him develop into a natural superstar in the league and then throw the throw the checkbook at him, keep him in Detroit. And yeah, it's going to be exciting times for the Pistons. I think they deserve it at the end of the day. It's been a few oh. long, long years for Pistons fans, as you know, Nettie. Well, them, let's face it. If something year. doesn't happen soon, you and Trey will probably end up killing me and just putting me out of my misery sort of thing. Like it's almost <laughs> been 20 years. And oh. you, you mentioned Phoenix in there. I think that signing Chris Paul was huge for them. I think something like that has to happen in the future for them to take that next step. But I'm looking forward to two, three years time. I hope you guys are right on Cade and just thank you so much for sitting down and, and giving us your in-depth thoughts and intakes on the Eastern Conference. My favorite conference, boys. You both had a whole bunch of knowledge on there and I'm pretty damn impressed. And sorry to any Orlando Magic fans because I've reversed back and gone into Pistons land. But yes, it's going to be an excellent season in the East. And one thing's for sure after listening to both of your thoughts on this, the Eastern Conference is no longer the easy beats of the NBA. Definitely. The, the East the, the East is not weak this year. The East is, is, is the hard conference. And look, whoever comes out of the East this year, they're, they're going to have earned it. It's, it's going to be a hard fought. And if you make the finals out of the East, then you, you definitely deserved it. Oh, hell yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to say to wrap things up? Left Fitzy, Fitzy yeah. first. I'll, um, I'm just going to say I'm just excited again. We've said it a few times throughout the show and just then like I'm excited for the East to be back up there again. It's been decades since we've almost been this excited about the East, like other than probably the poor old Orlando Magic. And I'd say they've got less fans than seven in Australia, Nettie, maybe two or three. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I'm excited to see every one of these teams on the court. If they can all stay fit, it's going to be a very, uh, very competitive conference. Obviously, I'm jumping on the Hawks bandwagon. I've still got the uh, New Jersey Nets back here. They're always over my back shoulder in there all the time. So... I'm just excited to see the East up and about. And it's going to be a good wrap-up of the West, actually, and a few interesting teams over there. But um, just can't wait for the season that to start. Yeah, definitely. Anything you'd like to say to sort of wrap that up there, Mr. Leffler? Nah, the East is just fun. I love it. This has been so nice to talk about it. It's, I'm, I'm just keen to see what happens. Keen to see Ben Simmons finally traded to, an, to a team. Just get this whole off-season drama over and done with. And keen to get the season started. I think we start literally next week. Oh, maybe we need to get that Western Conference a, a look in. Yeah, maybe the. Yeah, it's just exciting though. It's just exciting. Yeah, super so exciting left. I'm looking forward to watching the New York Knicks, the Miami Heat, the Chicago Bulls, the Charlotte Hornets, the Detroit Pistons, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like I'm going through these teams, the Atlanta Hawks. There's just so many in the East that I love, and I have a soft spot. Well, crazy enough, I'm not huge into the Nets or the Toronto Raptors, but pretty much every other team, I'm like, hell yeah, let's get on this, baby. Hell yeah, Leffler. Mm, we be out. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, greywolfentertainment.net.